0: Hey there! Are you a spiritual seeker looking for the perfect way to blend your physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health and well-being practices? Maybe you already have an interest in yoga or astrology or want to learn more about yoga's sister science, Jyotish or Vedic astrology? Well then, I'm super glad you're here and I'd like to extend you a very warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a yoga teacher and a Vedic sidereal astrologer, meaning I use the sidereal zodiac, so some of the signs might be different from what you're used to. To get a free copy of your sidereal birth chart, please visit my website yogiscopes.com/chart. Now let's get started. Glad you're here. Hello, and welcome to your yogi scope for the eclipse happening on Tuesday, the 25th. True to my form, I'm coming in a hot mess with um. This is getting out later than I intended it to. Um, my kids are home. I'm recording it on a Sunday, which I don't usually ever do because my kids are home. Um, it sounds like they're running around like a bunch of wild banshees downstairs, but I and they are. But I promise someone's watching them. Um, so I don't normally record on the weekends, but we just had the new moon circle and it was fantastic. And I hadn't gotten the episode out before the new moon circle. So I was just going to chalk it up as a loss, but then somebody in the new moon circle said she would still like to hear an episode. Um, so even if you're the only person that listens, I'm putting it out for you. So, but I suspect other folks will listen and, um, it's, it's good for me to go ahead and do it because um like I was mentioning in the new moon circle this is the first eclipse we have of this cycle in Libra in the sidereal sign of Libra so we did have it was interesting it was an interesting thing that happened in the eclipses earlier this year in April and May. We had an eclipse in Aries already but then the one in that pair, they always come in pairs FYI um and I did a whole episode about that a while ago that it was just explaining the astronomy and astrology and Hindu mythology behind eclipses. And I threw a little Native American mythology in there that I knew um, in that episode. So that's a while back. It's the Rahu and Ketu. It's, I think it's titled like the Karmic Indicators in Vedic Astrology and it's talking about Rahu and Ketu. So I did a while back. It's good to revisit if you want to hear more about the astronomy and astrology of eclipses but just in a nutshell they always come in pairs they happen about twice a year um, and that's just due to the astronomy is why it works that way and I don't know personally the way I approach astrology I like incorporating the astronomy and understanding how that works and how that feeds into the archetypes because personally I feel like that helps me understand it a little better so if you want that background information that episode is there that you can go back and listen to but um, anyway, what I, where I was going with that is the pair that happened earlier this year after Rahu and Ketu moved into Aries and Libra, the Aries and Libra axis. Um, and so if you listen to Western astrology, they're all talking about how they've been on the Taurus, how the nodes of the moon, north and south node, which are Rahu and Ketu respectively, um, what we call them in Vedic astrology, They've been talking about how they're in Taurus and Scorpio, but anyway, so that's where they were for us sidereal astrologers, studiers of Vedic and sidereal astrology, um, for the last year and a half beforehand. So, we had our last eclipses where we had one eclipse in Aries and then the other one was in Scorpio. So, if you remember, if you've been around, I was talking about then about how, um, there might be some unfinished business related to Scorpio and so that's going to come up a little bit today again um we'll talk about it we'll get there why I think that um and why you know what what to do and you know all the things as always we will finish with yoga practices I'll I'll just tell you about the yoga practice like it's not like you're if you're listening to this podcast while you're Driving or doing dishes or doing the things that most of us do while we listen to podcasts. That I'm gonna ask you to like bust out and do a meditation while you're driving. No, that's not. I'm just gonna tell you about why these practices are indicated um, for this astrology. That's what a yogi scope is. Yoga practices for it's horoscopes for yogis, right? Um, yoga practices for whatever's going on astrologically. And if you're in the membership, you can catch the recording of the new moon circle. If you're not in the membership. Uh, tough luck, better luck next time. I don't know. Um, so with that said, by the way, there's a wait list open for the membership and I will talk more about that, um, later in the episode. Um, but if you want, if you're, if you already know, that's the thing that you want to sign up for, you can go to yogiscopes.com slash wait list, or look in the show notes and click on it to add yourself to the wait list. There will be a special deal going out to folks that sign up for the wait list. So, um, worth getting on for you anyway. So these eclipses that are happening, this first one that's happening on Tuesday is the new moon solar eclipse happening in Libra. And then interestingly, we'll talk more about it when we get there because I can't pack too much in one episode. Um, the following one in this pair is going to be happening in Aries and it's happening on election day in the US on the day of a midterm election here in the US and we'll talk more about that when we get there but I think that's going to be interesting um interesting to note and if you have questions in the meantime please reach out to me in whatever way, whatever way you know how social media email it's all linked in the show notes um, how to reach out to me, but then also, so this eclipse we have, let me just recap some of the other stuff happening sort of surrounding the eclipse so that you can get a little more, little bit more context. So, um, the sun and Venus went into Libra last week on Monday, the 17th and Tuesday, the 18th of October, October, uh, combining October and Libra. Um, so the sun and Venus both moved there. So Venus is with the eclipse and Venus rules Libra. So that's interesting. That will factor into some of the yoga practices um, that we'll get to. But then also on last Saturday, October 15th, Mars moved into Gemini and it will not be there for very long. Um, You know, Gemini, Libra and Aquarius are the air signs. And so Mars is over there in an air sign. It's going to get ready to retrograde. It's going to start its retrograde in gemini on october 30th and then i will tell you hold on sorry if you can hear my scrolling in the background if that sound is distracting i apologize um i also so part of the reason i am late getting this episode out is like this is some saturn retrograde shit and this is what i was about to bring up next um that saturn went direct yesterday as i'm recording this so on saturday october 22nd depending on your time zone Um, it could have been an overnight on the 23rd today, Saturn going direct and you'll start to feel the effects of that probably over this coming week. So that definitely plays into the eclipse, but like my microphone stand broke. And so I couldn't record because I wasn't going to just stand here and hold the microphone. I don't know. I didn't want to do that. So, um, so I couldn't record. So it threw off my schedule. And so it's just like, just shit kept happening (laughs) or like related to, that's been the large theme for me with Saturn and Capricorn is because Capricorn's in my 12th house. So just loss of routine loss of like, and it's just like when I think I've got it figured out. So just some something random happens that throws me off a routine. And so that's kind of what's been coming up. So if you're an Aquarius rising or moon, that might be a similar theme for you. But even if you're not, I bring that up to say, look over the past couple years of your life. So since 2020, what What have you been like really experiencing struggles related to, or perhaps especially wherever Capricorn is in your chart. So if you're in Aquarius rising your moon, like me, Capricorn's in the 12th house. So, um, loss, loss of routine is, is a big theme. So you might find out what you might already know. You probably already know now that we're nearing the end of this transit, you probably already know what big theme has been coming up for you related to um, and I just want to go ahead and say because several of the members are cancer risings and um, so for cancer risings potentially also cancer moons um, the theme might be around relationships and and shifting in um, in relationships um, so that's just another example because for cancer rising and moons Capricorn is in the seventh house Which is relationships so that's another one that i've seen um a lot of and so you might look to just wherever capricorn is in your house and hopefully now that saturn is direct things will get better you will see progress in that area i think um wherever capricorn is for you and that's just i bring that up because um the eclipse i'm going to talk about why in a moment why the eclipse is ungrounding oh and i was went on that tangent while i was looking in my dates for when mars retrogrades back into Taurus that is Sunday November 13th Um, and so of course I'll talk more about that on coming episodes Um, Mars retrograding into Taurus and I've been talking about it on past episodes I try to always kind of like keep everything you know I might have a specific topic for the episode but nothing happens in a vacuum and the whole point is to look at what everything's happening holistically or what's going to happen so I just want you to know that Mars retrograding back into Taurus, around the same time that happens, we're going to have Mercury entering Scorpio the same day, November 13th. And then Wednesday of that week, November 16th, the sun is going to be entering Scorpio. And then shortly after that, we'll have a new moon in Scorpio. So Taurus and Scorpio are on an axis. So that's why I'm like, it's interesting as a Vedic astrologer, I stay plugged into Western astrology to some degree because lots of... um like members and stuff like people will just ask me questions like how do you tune out the noise like what do you do when you're like got this all this noise coming from both systems and um so for to be able to answer those questions i stay somewhat plugged into western astrology um just you know so i can answer the questions and because i i don't think it's necessarily wrong like i don't think western astrology is wrong i think um, good astrologers are going to arrive at the same cl- conclusions, sort of, like no matter what, because it's it's partially intuitive, right? Um, and so, because we usually have something like the particulars might be different. Where they're talking about, we have um, eclipses happening on Taurus and Scorpio, and while technically in the sky, the eclipses are happening on. Um, Libra and Aries, because that's, you know, the sidereal zodiac is almost exactly on point with astronomy. It's not quite perfect, but close enough. Um We also have Mars around the same time. Mars is going retrograde in Scorpio or yeah, in, in Taurus and Scorpio is ruled by Mars. So Sc- Scorpio is being brought up there. So we just have this Taurus and Scorpio axis also coming up again, but according to vedic astrology it's like for different reasons so i just want to point that out to like if you do it's kind of hard to like if you're into astrology and you're in anywhere in the quote unquote west like you know great britain uh us australia it's really hard to not hear from western astrologers cuz there's a lot of noise out there so uh don't worry about it too much you know um i just say it just to say that to like because i know lots of you it gets confusing Um, depending on how far down the Vedic astrology rabbit hole you are. So anyway, um, we have, that's why I was saying earlier in the episode that I think we do have unfinished business related to the Taurus and Scorpio axis. And then when Mars retrogrades back into Taurus on November 13th, that might, yeah, as planets are moving into Scorpio, as they do what might be called Scorpio season, um, because we have Mercury and the sun and Venus will all be moving there as this, as the planets kind of move there over the course of November. And we have a new moon in Scorpio, those things are going to be coming up again. So whatever you've kind of been working through really since 2020. And, um, that's just the way it works. You know, that's the way, that's the way the wheel turns, right? That's the way that's the patterns of astrology is, um, it doesn't ever, It's never just a once and done thing like we're going to be working through some similar archetypes areas of our chart for a while where they're kind of brought to the forefront by these longer transits like where the nodes are where the eclipses are happening where uh, Saturn and Jupiter are these slower moving planets and then they kind of get um, brought up more so throughout the wheel of the year if you will as the the quicker moving planets like Sun Mercury Venus um, move there. And, and that's what we might call Scorpio season or Libra season. So, um, yeah, so that's just the way it goes. And with that in mind, like I was saying, this eclipse is the first one of this cycle in Libra. So it might be a lot. Like new things are kind of being brought up. Um, Since this is a new eclipse cycle, sort of, is the beginning of a, It's a new moon. It's the beginning of eclipses in this Libra and Aries axis. And so you don't have to fix everything overnight is what I'm hoping to convey with that is like whatever's kind of getting brought up now on the Libra and Aries axis and wherever those fall in your chart. We'll talk more about it in just a moment. Just know that you don't like whatever's being brought up. You don't have to fix it in the next two weeks. Like while the eclipses are happening, there's going to be more eclipses. There's two more sets, in fact. So for the next year from now, a little over a year from now, um, we'll be working with that. And so if you do the work with the next set of eclipses, you might just be going a layer deeper with the same work. And if you don't, don't worry, because it will just get brought up again. You know, that's, that's kind of the idea, is things keep coming up until they don't anymore, right? Like things come up in different ways. And so like, so that's what I was bringing up with the Saturn retrograde example earlier is like, I kept having things where my work schedule was getting interrupted, usually by something related to my kids or, you know, childbirth, I had another kid, I took two months off of work for maternity leave, things like that. And then I really thought I did the work related to Saturn and making my routine really, like, bulletproof um, (laughs) when it comes to the kids' schedules. And I've, like, got a lot more support around, you know, still finding ways to work. I've found ways to be productive in less time, like, those kind of things. I've really done the work personally through Saturn retrograding in Capricorn, leaning more into a meditation practice. That's a 12th house thing. Um, And I just bring this up for an example so that you can see... How this might be playing out in your birth chart. But then something else happens. Like my microphone breaks. Like what? You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's so that's the kind of idea is like maybe you do the work and then it just get the same thing gets brought up in a different way or maybe you don't right? and, and the same thing keeps getting brought up. So that was, for example, with the Saturn retrograde thing at the beginning, I would just kind of be like, well, my kid's daycare is closed because of COVID. So I guess um I just can't work. And then eventually I was like, well that's not going to work because my kids are going to keep being out of daycare forever um for whatever different reasons. So I have to figure out a way around it, right? And so that's kind of the idea apply that to wherever Saturn is where or sorry, wherever Capricorn is in your birth chart. So the same lessons will keep being brought up until you um figure it out or you don't, right? And so that's the same thing with the eclipses um this is just the beginning of this set of eclipses um and so also with that note Saturn right before the eclipse is going um direct in Capricorn so hopefully it's done teaching us our lesson related to Capricorn matters matters so hopefully you kind of integrated whatever it was you needed to integrate there um or if not it's I don't want to say it's like gonna be set in stone for the next 30 years until Saturn comes back in or 28-ish years until Saturn comes back into Capricorn again. It's not not like that. It's not gonna be set in stone. It's just not gonna be brought up to your attention in the same ways, probably, which can be a major relief. Or if you still are having issues, um maybe use the the next few months, next like three-ish months until January when Saturn moves into Aquarius to just make sure that um, all those, whatever related to Capricorn in your birth chart is like the way you want it to be. And it might probably hopefully be easier to do so with Saturn being direct. So that's all I wanted to say about that. I was going to do a whole separate episode about Mars and Saturn, um, but it felt like I couldn't talk about the eclipse without talking about those things because, um, because they're also happening and none of this is in a vacuum. Right. And, um, so anyway, now the eclipse is happening in Swati. So maybe in the meantime that I wasn't putting out episodes, maybe you were listening to the signs of light because I did put out episodes. Uh, it's, that's the thing is like, I I can't, I'm str. My Saturn in Capricorn struggle has been finding consistency, um, with my work schedule. And so it's like, I have been having trouble staying consistent with the science of light, but I've been putting out episodes consistently over there. And then, of course, I dropped the ball with this podcast, but here we are. So in the meantime, if you've not been listening, if you've been waiting for a new episode, maybe you went back and listened to the K2 and Swati episode that was a couple ones ago. If not, it could help because that's why I went ahead and did that one because that's what's causing the eclipse is when K2 moved into Swati like sometime in September, I think, uh, that happened. That's, um, that's where the eclipse is happening. So you might also go back and listen to that Rahu and Ketu episode to understand the astronomy of that, if you care. It also includes mythology. Um, but so the mythology of eclipses basically says, and this is, this is a parallel from the Hindu mythology and Native American, which I talked about in that Rahu and Ketu episode, is that it's a time to, like, shut up and listen, basically. Um, it's a time to kind of settle down, turn inward. So our, our yoga practice we did in the moon circle this morning was a very, like, gentle, inward-focused practice. Um, so, yeah, it's a time to turn inward and listen to your deep sort of inner knowing, listen to the the spiritual like messages that are being brought up. It's not a time to act on them because the sun and especially in, so this is a solar eclipse. The sun is being blocked out by the moon. And so the sun is our soul. It's like what lights us up. It's our outward expression of our soul The moon is our mind and emotions. So it's like, if there was ever a time that you would like not think before you act and just like act on emotions, it's like during eclipse time. So watch out for that. Try not to just act on emotions. Is it, that's why it's like important. And this is another thing I brought up in the new moon circle was, um, it's important to, if, um, Say you're doing a practice and something like a meditation or a gentle practice, yoga practice, um, to work with this energy. If something comes to mind, to journal, like have your journal there and jot it down. So that's the thing. Is like a lot of times we'll have like breakthroughs during meditation. It's kind of like the same idea as a dream. Like if you don't write your dream down when you wake up, you don't remember it. So kind of like if you're doing the practice and something comes through and you're like, oh, that's what I need to work with. This is how you're going to integrate it. You're going to write it down right then don't worry too much about breaking the like ceremonialness of the practice or whatever like if something comes to you write it down because that's where you're gonna have the breakthroughs is when you carry that those messages that come up and carry them forward so that you can think through them and work through them more when the eclipses are over when there's a little more clarity to be had so it's important to capture the ideas and and downloads and breakthroughs that come during eclipse time like some of your best ideas perhaps will come during this time but that's why it's you don't want to act on it because it might come through as like you didn't think it all the way through and so I also want to say um, that applies to why most astrologers say like don't take action during eclipses but I'm gonna assert that if you take action on something that's already been kind of bubbling, something you've already been... Like, if you just have a new download, a new idea, and you're like, I'm going to do that, put that into action today, like, "Mm, probably don't. But if you have been working on this, you know, if it's, say, an idea that came through at the last eclipse cycle or something, so keep this in mind for the next, you know, this is, like I said, this is the first eclipse in this cycle of eclipses. Keep this in mind, like, the downloads you're having now, if you put them into practice at the next eclipse cycle there could be some other auspicious you know dates to launch or whatever between now and the next eclipse cycle that's six months from now um but eclipses can be like a powerful time to like open the door to something new just don't do anything like that's what I I always heard astrologers say that and I was like well why you know <laughs> like because that's how my brain works I have Rahu and Scorpio in fact in my birth chart that's I'm I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, but why though ass person, you know, like I will get to the bottom of it. Um, so you don't have to most of the time. Like if you want to know, I'm like, I'm going to ponder and research until I figure it out because I always wondered, I was like, why do astrologers say don't do new things during eclipses? And it's not that like the, the active, in my opinion, this is what I, the conclusion that I've come to from studying it. Um, it's just don't, don't like get one of these downloads and decide to put it into practice like the day you get the download or or the week or whatever. You know what I mean? Like if you had a download last eclipse cycle, you carry it out of the eclipse cycle with you and continue like thinking through it and working through it. And then if it's something you've been working through and thinking through for a while, then by all means go ahead and put it into practice. I think that can be really powerful. It's just acting on impulse or emotion you want to watch out for. And so now let's talk about um, quick recap of Swati. If you want a more in-depth recap, go back to the K2 and Swati episode um, because I it's longer and it's all about this topic. Um, but just a quick recap to kind of give you the idea for for the eclipse. It, so Swati is the nakshatra, the lunar mansion. It's entirely inside in the sign of Libra, and it translates to independent one. So that is being brought up. So these eclipses will be in Aries and Libra and the signs of Aries and Libra for the the next two sets of them, but the nakshatra will probably change um, before it's it's all said and done. And so, sorry, I just paused because there's like just chaos in the background. My husband just cranked up his dirt bike outside. Both of my kids are laying down for a nap and their rooms are next to my office. So I'm sorry if you can hear background noise from those things. Um... This is why I don't usually record or do much of anything work-wise on the weekends when my family's around, Um, but I had my mom's here, so uh, she's taking care of my kiddos while I try to catch up on some work. Um, Anyway, um, so I just want to point out also, so I'm sorry if the background noise is distracting, that's why I say that, Um, but I just want to point out that this eclipse is also happening on Diwali. So just off the top of my head, I'm imagining it will next year, too because of the way Diwali is, um, like, it's a holiday in India, which is like the Festival of Lights, and it just always happens at this time of year. Um, It's based on the lunar calendar, so since um, this is not, the eclipses aren't always on Diwali, but now since um, in Aries and Libra, they are. So, just a quick note about Diwali. It's the festival of lights because as we move into the dark half of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, you want to start lighting lights inside your home. And we see that across a lot of cultures, right? Like, that's what Hanukkah is even about. Kind of really, when you, like, sorry if I'm doing a disservice to that because I'm not of that culture. But from my understanding, it's like you light lights because it's dark outside. And like Christmas lights, we have lights because it's dark outside. We people just like to add lights. And make ceremonies around having lights when it's extra dark outside. So that's kind of the idea. We see that show up in a lot of cultures. That's kind of also what Diwali is about. Um, So the festival of lights. And so usually on Diwali, you would do Lakshmi Puja, which is like a ceremony for Lakshmi, who's the deity of like wealth. Um, And so we can think of some kind of connections, right, to Lakshmi and Venus. Venus is um, feminine, wealth, luxury, creative expression. That's a very similar archetype to Lakshmi. And um, I was reading about it, and it's not actually recommended to do your Lakshmi Puja um, during the eclipse. But I guess the powers that be, the astrologers who are um, more embedded in Indian culture certainly than I am, say that you can still do your Lakshmi Puja. Um, Like, you know, maybe do it on Monday instead of Tuesday when the eclipse is at its peak. Just fine. So Monday is Diwali and Tuesday is the eclipse. Um, So you can read more about that if you want to. Um, I'm happy to direct you to some resources, but I just wanted to point it out. And I just also want to say, maybe you don't know how to do Lakshmi Puja. And um, if you do, please do it. If you don't know... Um, What I would recommend is just kind of just like tidy up your space, tidy up your house space, your office space. What I did is I spent an hour before the new moon circle this morning um, just cleaning my office and freshening up my altar that's in my office because my office also doubles as like my yoga room in my house. Um, I'm very blessed to have one of those. I was teaching yoga full-time professionally for five years before I did. So don't feel bad if you don't, because I often did. I was like, oh, these other people have a yoga room. I want a yoga room. So it took me a long time, right? Um, But finally I do. So I tidied up the space. I lit some candles, some tea lights, and I have some of those little twinkle lights. Um, So those kind of things can be good. Um, So tidy up your space and just kind of like light a candle or some twinkle lights with the intention right? So if you don't know how to do the full Lakshmi Puja, I think that should certainly um, be helpful because it's the intention that matters, right? So um, let's talk about the yoga practices and journal prompts. And then of course, why I chose those because I always want to be clear that like you don't like the ones that I point out are not the only ones that could be like, there's not only one right answer for any of this. It's just, this is just what I come up with. So if you come up with something different, like by all means, do that. Um, so just a little bit more about the nakshatra of Swati so that it, I hope it makes it a little bit clear why I chose these practices. And so with that in mind, you could also incorporate these ideas into your own practice and interpret it in whatever way you want to um so the ruling deity of swati is vayu the god of wind um and its symbol is a young plant blowing in the wind so if you think i brought this up on the k2 and swati episode that like a little like a tall blade of grass that it's like it's rooted it doesn't just blow over in the wind like it doesn't get uprooted but it does blow over i should say like it does blow over it could blow all the way, bow all the way to the ground, but it doesn't get uprooted by strong gusts of wind. So this brings an archetype of flexibility, agility, but it can also bring, like, a restlessness or a loss of direction or spinelessness, if you will. Um, and it's also ruled by Rahu. So this kind of just, you know, Rahu and two are, like, being brought up here. So um, that just brings more... Draws more connection to the Rahu side of things. So as we also head into Vata season, um, it can be like things can be ungrounding. Thankfully, now that Saturn is going direct, hopefully that ungrounding energy should get a little bit better. Saturn moving direct in Capricorn should should feel a little less ungrounding than it has been. But um, nonetheless, Vata season and this eclipse in Swati. Um, you know, this whole idea of Vayu is kind of bringing up this restlessness, this lack of direction. So to combat that, we want to create a sense of groundedness, a sense of direction. And so that's where our yoga practices and journal prompts come in. So the yoga practices we did in the membership new moon circle this morning, which actually, so this was the last one. I just, now it feels like a good time to talk about the new moon circle. And so if you're in the membership, or not you can hear about the changes that are coming so attendance has been pretty low for the new moon circles um, and I gather that it's because y'all want them to be in the evenings and so it's pretty hard for me as I have two very small kids to facilitate in the evenings on a regular basis I'm usually just like totally drained and I don't feel like I'd be as effective as a facilitator by then so what we're gonna do instead for those of you that are in the membership or if you were looking forward to joining New Moon Circles. Um, now we're going we're gonna to incorporate these monthly workshops into the membership that I've been talking about for a few months now. Uh, based on topics that y'all have asked me for. So the next one coming up will be on November 20th. So just go ahead and pencil that date into your calendar. And then we'll have another one on December 18th. And then we'll have another one in January. And they will be typically on the Sunday before the New Moon. And they will also like the new moon circles have been, they will be drop in. You can just drop in if you're not in the membership. Um, Or if you're a member, you can come for free and like, or free as part of your membership. Um, These workshops will be included. And so with that in mind, we also have like what the members have been telling me things they've been wanting to learn about, or like more about the moon and moon circles and that how to incorporate the moon into your yoga practice. So that will be one um, we will also have a twenty twenty three planning. So that will probably be the one in December. Just keep an eye out. So December eighteenth, we will talk about the, um, so these aren't, there's nowhere you can sign up for these yet, unless except for sign up for the membership waitlist if you want to go that route. Um, but I will also announce on the podcast when the drop in option is there. I just have to finalize the the details and the order of them. So, the one in November 20th, if you're a member, you can vote on what you most want to learn about. Or if you're not a member, you can also reach out to me and let me know about what you most want to learn about first. But I'm thinking that one we will do a birth chart deep dive. So these will be like probably two hour long workshops each time. So the one in November, I'm just telling y'all what I'm thinking, um, will be like a birth chart deep dive. So if you've like grabbed the birth chart decoder and you want to go more in depth, Um, like that workshop will be kind of the place for that Um, and then we will in December we'll do our it'll be like a solstice so you can pretty much count on the ones around solstice or equinoxes I will be talking about you know, that solstice or equinox in the upcoming season. So in December, that one, December 18th is happening the same week as a new moon, the winter solstice, and it's, you know, right at the end of the year. So just pencil in that those Sundays, November 20th and December 18th, we will have some workshops. That's when we'll do our yearly planning. Um, and so this is why I'm announcing this during an eclipse, but it's been in the work. For months. So that's just another example for you of why it's like I didn't just have this idea and decide to put it out there today. Like it feels like the right time for me to announce it because it's been in the works for months. And then in January, we will move on with some other topics. So just look out for that. And then so what's going to happen with the new moon circles is I'm going to make them pre recorded practices and we will just have a time to get, we'll ha, we'll have in the evening times, it'll just be a lower pressure. Like it won't be a yoga practice. It'll just be like a, a place to get on zoom and gathering community once a month, probably, honestly, I'll probably make those around the full moons. And so you'll get pre-recorded new moon and full moon practices um and then we'll have a place in the me- we already have a place in the membership to gather and kind of you can you can like make posts like a Facebook group but it's not on Facebook um because a couple of members expressed to me that they don't want to be on Facebook so it's not on Facebook um it's not Facebook but you can like make posts and so I'll make the posts for you to share about your new moon and full moon practices and you'll be able to do the pre-recorded it'll be shorter a shorter recording you'll be able to do on your own time and then we can all come together and share and I think that's going to work out a lot better the current members I I told them that before I said it publicly and they seemed pretty excited about it. So yeah, so that's, what's going to happen. But anyway, so that's what we did in the, we had our last new moon circle this morning. Um And I'm about to tell you about what we did and then just going forward, just know that these practices and facilitated journaling will be pre recorded and you'll still have a chance to share and get support from me and the other members just in a different way um that I hope I think it's going to work out great. Um, and, then we're, and then that gives us space to incorporate these um, deeper dives into topics y'all have asked me about in place of the live New Moon Circle. There'll be workshops instead. And y'all, the public is still invited. You just get a whole lot more when you sign up for the membership. So if that sounds interesting, go sign up for the waitlist, yogiscopes.com slash waitlist. It'll be linked in the show notes. And you will also get a special deal if you sign up for the waitlist. I haven't decided what it's going to be yet, so I don't want to say out loud what special deal it'll be. Um if you sign up for the waitlist, um I don't know, I haven't decided. It might be free entry to the workshop or something. Who knows? Uh but anyway, so the yoga practices related to this eclipse are grounding because like I mentioned, we have all this um sort of ungrounding energy going on and Vayu and all this. So also related to Vayu Pranayama, the which is like the control of prana, restriction of prana. That's what you know, yama, yamas, the yamas and niyamas, right? Yama means like restriction and prana, life force energy. So um sort of the restriction of prana, pranayama. Um, and sort of controlling that wind element is indicated. So I'll tell you about the the pranayama, the specific pranayama I chose to do um, to incorporate into our moon circle practice. Um, but just know, like I mentioned earlier, you don't have to do this. you could choose a different one. Um, I'm just trying to explain why I chose the things I chose so that you can apply that same logic to your own practice. Like I'm you know, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm trying to tell you how to do it so that you can do it for yourself. Um, is kind of my whole goal here. So the grounding practices we did, we just started off on our back and connected to our feet and our points of contact with support below us and just really did a breathing meditation to connect into grounding, laying on the back or in constructive rest with the soles of the feet on the ground and the knees kind of dropping inward towards each other or just in Shavasana. That's how we started out. And then we did some pelvic tilts because... As it turns out, Libra actually has connections to the pelvis and, you know, Venus is sort of has this connection to second chakra. So we did some pelvic tilts to connect to the movement of the breath with the body. Okay. And now I'm going to talk quieter because I think I'm waking my daughter up with my voice. So sorry, y'all. Thanks for bearing with me in the chaos that is my life. I hope, I hope it's inspiring for you. This is just why I'm like, I'm going to just show up. I'm always a mess. I'm always a hot mess. Thank you for being here despite my mess. And I hope it inspires you to messily show up in the way that you feel called to show up. So with that in mind, the next portion of practice in our new moon circle, I'm saying, this is what I'm, um, just telling you about these practices, but just the idea, apply this to whatever you want to apply it to in your own practice, hopefully, um, we did some seated practices to sort of bring the energy down into the base to connect with our pelvis. I often say the feet in the seat, sort of like the root chakra, if you will, um, to really ground down through the base in the seated position. And then once we created that sense of groundedness, then we practiced um, Chandra Vedana, which is sort of like um, Nadi Shodhana, except for instead of all alternate nostril, inhale and exhale, you always inhale through the left and always exhale through the right. So you use the same mudra that you would for Nadi Shodhana, but you inhale left, exhale right every time. So it's creating this circular motion. And so just a note about Chandra Vedana is it's, um, it's a cooling breath. It's translates to moon piercing. And so in the dead of winter, like at the winter solstice or anytime between the winter solstice and, uh, spring equinox, I would not recommend Chandra Vedana. So I didn't clarify this in the new moon circle. Um, but so hopefully you're listening to the podcast. You told me you would. So, um, just FYI, it is a cooling breath, but the reason I chose it was to connect with the lunar forces Um, at this new moon. And so because it's a really powerful time to connect with your mind and see what that brings up, see what's coming up deep emotion wise for you. So it's also Chandra Bredana translates to moon piercing. And so if you think about that with an eclipse, the moon is blocking out the light of the sun. So it's like if you pierce through the moon with this breath, you might let some of the light of the sun shine through a little bit more. And then immediately after that, we moved into our facilitated journaling, which is what we do in the new moon circles. And so if you're a member or if you become a member when the doors reopen, which so they'll reopen at the next workshop. Um, So there will be a chance to sign up and get that workshop um, as a member. But right now there's no like if you're not already a member, you can't sign up until closer to then. So that's about three weeks from now, but so just going forward, these will be like, we'll move through a practice and then I'll read you the journal prompts just, but so they're the same journal prompts for the most part. Sometimes I go in, in a little more depth, like, you know, I always talk about yoga practices and journal prompts on every one of these podcast episodes. So you can get those without even signing up for the membership. They will always be free here for you. Um, But we just go a little more in depth and I might tell you some like things in your chart. So in the recording of the new moon circle, I talked about where you can find some of this stuff in your chart. But so with that in mind, the first journal prompt is what makes you feel grounded? So that might have come up in a physical sense as you connect to being grounded on your back or in seated And doing those different movements and seeing what makes you feel grounded and then also in a more spiritual and emotional sense, what makes you feel grounded, what makes you feel safe and supported, right? And then the second question is, what are my natural strengths that I can lean into when I need direction? And so I pose that question. So what I want you to do with that question is free write. And then if you are in the membership you can go and hear in the recording where I I explained where to look in your birth chart. Um, but I don't want to give it away because I want you, I really, really want you to just free write about it first. I don't want you to overthink it and try to think about it from a perspective of your birth chart. Um, but I, I want you to, I know it's, it's hard. It's hard to think about our natural strengths. Usually, usually most of us are pretty good at being self critical and like knowing our weaknesses, but, um, what are your strengths? What has really served you well in your life? Like really pump yourself up with this journal prompt and think about it. And those things that you come up with, what makes you feel grounded and what are your natural strengths? Those are going to be the direction you lean into. Like I talked about the little baby plant. If you put, those are your popsicle stick to keep your little baby plant from falling over, right? That's what you lean into for support. If you get sort of, like a lack of direction because of the eclipse or because of, um, the Mars retrograde and that kind of stuff. So as always, I'm here for your questions. Please reach out to me on the yoga plus astrology Facebook group. You can find linked in the show notes or email me rosemary at yogiscopes.com and make sure you sign up for that membership waitlist. So go to yogiscopes.com waitlist. That will also be linked in the show notes. I am so glad you're here. Always remember to keep your feet on the stars. Stay in the light. Until next time, friends.